All right, tonight is Wednesday, December 1st, 2021. It's the Fantasy Finish Line podcast on drink5.com, and it's the Week 13 NFL preview. We're pushing for the playoffs tonight. Audience here, cheers, cheers. Alright, this is the Fantasy Finish Line Podcast. I am Jason Evans, as always. Sitting over there is David Biggs. David, how are you doing this evening? I am good. Lots of stuff going on around the NFL, and we're looking forward to talking about it. Yeah, we get to digest the, the week that just was, and prognosticate on the week to come but until then we're almost ready for that but what we need to do is make sure everyone has a chance to settle down pour themselves a drink what is it that you're drinking there dave well, you have the bottle right uh it's, oh, it's up there reach to your left and it's a uh, day old donut uh which is a specialty beer made in collaboration with Country Donuts from a local brewery called Scorched Earth in Algonquin, Illinois. Can you read through my hand to read the label? Because that's exactly right. And uh, this particular one is aged in rye whiskey barrels before uh, it's given out to us, the adoring public. Oh, adoring uh, we are. What do you think? Oh, it's delicious. Uh, It's a seasonal beer, I would assume, because we did have some last year. Um, Yes, but it only comes out on a seasonal basis, yeah. is my point. Anyways. Um, fall? Is it a fall beer? Yeah, it's a fall, early winter beer. Are donuts a fall? Uh, I mean, you know, they release Oktoberfest beer at the end of August. So. Are donuts seasonal? No, donuts are <laughs> year-round. Right, is, is beer seasonal? Hell no. Well, then this beer should not be seasonal, I agree, sir. it should not be seasonal. We can age it as long as we want and still drink it whenever we want. It's good. That's the great thing about beer. But you're right, I think they only come out with it. Uh, in like the fall and winter of the year. So you're saying that it's a seasonal release. Are donuts seasonal? <laughs> you don't get to go in circles with me. Oh, goodness. I know what you're doing here. Yeah. So um, hopefully everybody at home has had a chance to pour the drink. Unless you're driving. If you're driving, then maybe wait until you arrive at your destination in order to have an alcoholic beverage. You know, you could be listening to a podcast anywhere. So at work, driving your forklift. Uh, okay, if you're operating heavy machinery <laughs> of any kind, maybe wait on the alcohol. We're going to get sued. Uh, but by... notice I didn't say if you're at work. If you're at work, tell them, tell your boss I said it's okay for you to have a beer. They're like, Jason from Drink 5 told me I should pour a beer. I mean, the people on Mad Men were very successful, is all <laughs> I'm going to say. They drank all day long every day. Yeah, and we should... That we... seemed perfectly normal, perfectly healthy. We're not saying we should do what they do, but the people from Mad Men were really successful. Right. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to be Don Draper? His wife, maybe. <laughs> His kids, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Any, okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but we digress. So, shall we go around the NFL and just kind of uh, touch on some of the big news right now? Yeah, sure. So, so good and bad news in Dallas and COVID is apparently going around the team. There are a number of people that are uh, out or have been out uh, because they've been diagnosed with COVID. Yeah. Uh, I don't know yet because, um, uh, well, is, is the game uh, tomorrow? 
Yes, it it's is. It's Dallas versus uh, New, New Orleans. Orleans. Yes. So there are a couple of people that uh, have probably been ruled out at this point. Could you look that up? So I know that um, Cedric Wilson has been ruled out, not because of COVID. The report earlier in the week uh, is that Amari Cooper was still feeling symptoms, but it seemed like he was with the um, team. Very yeah. uh, speculative on my part as to what actually was going on, but it was just random reports I was reading. I didn't dig too much into it um, because I, you know, dealt with my own bit of COVID crap recently, and I was I'm kind of tired of it. Sure. Well, uh, uh, Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Michael Gallup might all be on the field together this week. But obviously that's going to depend on how everyone's feeling tomorrow. Right. Uh, but they were practicing at least in some limited fashion. Um, so I think the, the idea as it was when we were putting together these notes uh, yesterday and today uh, was that that would be the full lineup for Prescott. And uh, you can double check. They will on be that. without um, Coach McCarthy. I know that. He tested positive. So yeah. Amari Cooper is listed as questionable. Cedric Wilson ruled out, as we said. Um, let me see if I can get to the rest of the team here. Um, well, I know CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. CeeDee Lamb has cleared the concussion protocol. That was his issue. Michael Gallup played last week and was heavily targeted, so yeah. he should be okay. Mari Cooper was activated off of the COVID list, so I assume that that means that he passed the two negative tests that are required to do that. Um, and well, he set out the 10 days. You don't have to assume. You, in order to accomplish that step, you have to get past that. I well, I, I I would have to assume that that's the rule because maybe they just make you quarantine for ten days, and once you're symptom free, they let you back. Those it's only for vaccinated players. So Shamari Cooper is not. Oh, it's only for vaccinated players. Correct. Got you. But the point is that all three of those wide receivers should be available for Dak Prescott for the first time since September 9th, which is opening day of the NFL season. And Jack, or Michael Gallup was not uh, available that day. Or did he get hurt in that game? Yes. Okay, got you. So so the whole point is, Dak Prescott did pretty well in the Thanksgiving game. Arguably, they should have won that game. There were some ref issues that I think were, were pretty horrible, to be honest with you. I mean, okay, so I think we talked about the coin last week. The coin rules all, and the Raiders were going to win that game no matter what. <laughs> so, I mean... I realize that the Cowboys are probably the better team. I'm not interested in, in <laughs> some random Redditor's coin flip. That has no bearing on reality, man. Oh, it is reality, Dave. Until it is proves uh, to be incorrect this week or next week, and then that person will just be like excommunicated from the Reddit community. It'll be a fun ride. Hopefully people see it like that. I'm glad that you're enjoying it. It's, I, a, uh, it's, a, it's a fun meme, basically. I try to stay away from Reddit for the most part, to, to be honest. It's probably a healthy decision <laughs> on your part. He's like, I, I'm not interested in Facebook, but I'm full Reddit. I, I gotta be somewhere online. I, I guess. <laughs> I can't spend all of my time doing fantasy football. It, it can't spend all my time in reality, he says. What, no. what is this? Why would I do that? So it looks like Taysom Hill may be headed for a start. There's no injury designation today at all. They were worried about that. And he could possibly run away with the job entirely. And we talked about this a couple weeks ago. He'll certainly run somewhere. He got a uh, an amazing contract where he could get up to $94 or $95 million if he was the starter for some length of time. Obviously, New Orleans cares a great deal about this player, giving him a contract that varies between like 40 and $90 million. And it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't seem to me like there are any um, any barriers to entry for him having the job again. And from a fantasy perspective, right. Trevor Simeon is the only thing in his way, and that's not a 
That's a speed bump about yay big. Yeah, and from a fantasy perspective, when we saw him start last year, he's another uh, fantasy quarterback that scored 20 points every game he played pretty much. Uh, so he, Yeah, I mean, he was very good when he was playing. He was very good in fantasy, kind of like a Jalen Hurts. Well, not a good quarterback, but puts up lots of points. But this is not a podcast uh, about how good the Saints could be in, in the NFL. It's true. <laughs> it's true. This is a podcast about how uh, about how Taysom Hill is now a QB1 in fantasy football. <laughs> and that's just true. I, I agree with you. Yeah. And. He has no injury designation, as you stated this week, because since week five, um, as stated on NBC Sports Edge, he had only had 38 snaps uh, since week five. So he really wasn't being used at all. Now he's going to be used on a regular basis. Um, he's going to put up a lot of fantasy points this week. Exactly. And so that is a really interesting thing uh, heading into the fantasy playoffs. Now, here's a guy that could, could bomb or could get injured or a guy that could carry you through the fantasy playoffs. If you are a person that doesn't have a top five quarterback, mm-hmm. here's a grab that you could take that's going to be like a number seven, number eight guy every week on average. So pretty amazing stuff. Taysom Hill owned in only 32% of Flea Flicker leagues right now. He's the ninth most added player over the last three days. Yeah, and I think that's going to go way up if he does end up getting the starting job announced probably tomorrow or Friday. It was announced today, actually. He said he's going to be a starter? Uh, yeah, so... I thought they just said he was he was healthy and would play. So, quoting from NBC Sports Edge, Taysom Hill will start Week 13 against the Cowboys. Um, he's been battling a foot issue. Um, so well, it's not, not from, getting the it's job not from done. Sports Edge because they don't actually... So, the source is, source is Mike Triplett on Twitter. Okay, so... But they're not quoting anything, so I think they're... This is their own reporting. Anyways. So it's a beat reporter. And I'm just paraphrasing what I see there. Gotcha. Well, great. So Taysom Hill's the starter, and he gets played above almost any QB2 that there is out there. If you have him on your squad, if you don't, like Jason... Uh, Can I ask you a lineup question? Jason's going to pick him up right now and start him in a league. He's like... I'm, you're going to be distracted. <laughs> I'm going to grab him in all the leagues that we're in. So I believe I have him in a league um, with Russell Wilson. Yeah, of course you start him over Russell Wilson. What did I say last week about Russell Wilson? Do not start Russell Wilson. It's a two-quarterback league. Doesn't matter. Don't start Russell Wilson. Well, He's horrible. <laughs> How many points did he get? Nine? No, he had like uh, 18 or 19 points He last did week. not have 19 points. He threw two touchdowns in like 250 yards. He did not. I mean, those are his stats. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Was was there one to uh, to Lockett, a big touchdown to Lockett? No, it was Gerald Everett and a wide receiver I hadn't heard of. Hmm. Okay. Well, yes, the answer is I would still start him over Russell Wilson. As we'll talk about later, the Seattle Seahawks are nothing but woes. Um, but I guess in that game, that was like – I did watch that whole game. It was it was this comeback craziness from Seattle. They, yeah, they usually pull that crap off. When uh, Was- mean, Washington back, had the game win. in hand like for three quarters and then suddenly uh, gave well, it they up. they had no damn kicker. Don't you think that like someone on the team has got to be able to make like a 25-yard field goal? Yes. To try that on fourth down when they're at the goal line? Somebody. You kick the field goal, you're up by two scores. No, None of the Russell Wilson craziness can even happen. Well, we have a lot to cover, so I'm just going to jump in. If Let's da- do it. If Daniel Jones' next strain keeps him out of this week's matchup with Miami, Mike Glennon will be the starter there. So Miami is an interesting uh, uh, defensive play this particular week. They've played really well uh, as far as defense special teams. A lot of fantasy numbers over the past three weeks. And they're going to either play an injured Daniel Jones or a healthy Mike Glennon, both of which are around the same value in fantasy football. 
the Eagles are getting Gardner Minshew, Minshew ready. Uh, you're excited about this? Gardner Minshew pork? You excited about Gardner Minshew? Of course I am. Uh, Minshew mania, baby. In case Hurts can't start due to an ankle injury, Gardner Minshew might end up starting for the Eagles. Uh, again, in, in either case... Well, he would definitely be the starter if Hurts doesn't play, I think. Right, but but in either case, uh, uh, Hertz has not been playing well uh, over this last game, and I don't think that Minshew would improve the Eagles' offense. I'm sorry, Dave. I thought that we were only worried about how players do in fantasy football, <laughs> because you're talking about Jalen Hurts, the number three overall player in fantasy football. How did he do last week? Crap! But he has the third most points of any player. All I said was he didn't play well last week, my friend. You're right. Uh, and I'm right, yes. But you're right also that Hertz has been a very high-end quarterback in fantasy, not in uh, NFL reality. Oh, yeah, there's nothing about – nothing in reality is any good. And I have used my column each Monday to trash him almost every week <laughs> because it's a crazy anomaly that he's putting up so many fantasy points yet being so terrible at his position. Well, it – it, it's kind of like you know, um, like Cam Newton sometimes has been in the past. Like Taysom oh, I feel Hill like Cam has Newton been is way better. Okay, when he was a rookie, was way better at being a quarterback. Maybe, but but Cam Newton over the past couple of years has only been valuable because he scores touchdowns in the goal line. Yeah, he's a goal line running back, disguised as a quarterback. And I. I've seen this argument like out Taysom there. Like Taysom Hill, like Jalen Hurts. And people are like, well, maybe he's not as good at throwing the ball, but he's good at other things. And I'm like, he's the quarterback. <laughs> he needs to be good at all the things. You can't just be good at running the ball as the quarterback. <laughs> it's, I think it's uh, you know, in the job description to be able to throw the ball at least 20 to 30 yards. It's not the college option that we're running anymore. So, yeah, definitely you need to be... You need to be good at what you do in all facets of the game in order to be a proper NFL starting quarterback. Um, and that's why Taysom Hill's, you know, fake contract, as all NFL contracts are, won't actually pay him $95 million. I, I could see him being the quarterback next year. We'll see. So uh, we talked about this last week. I know you were like, Taysom Hill will not be the quarterback. And now this week they're like, Taysom Hill is the quarterback. I was unclear at his injury <laughs> status. I did Last week, we'll thoroughly admit, I did not realize he was so injured that they didn't want to play him. That's the reason why he wasn't playing earlier this I year. I thought he was like healthy enough, and no. they were like, well, we're getting enough out of Trevor Simeon that you know, we're not going to start Taysom Hill. Yeah, it was, uh, it was more of a concern about uh, would he be able to stand up to the whole game. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll find out on you know, tomorrow night. Uh, RG3 is releasing a book uh, speaking about... <laughs> speaking about bad quarterbacks that run the ball. Well... Talking about great quarterbacks that, good that score a lot of fantasy production and then turn into horrible quarterbacks. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, RG3 is releasing a book about his time in Washington called Surviving Washington, um, which sounds like it could be a movie, and I'm just curious who's going to play RG3. Who would play RG3? How about um, <laughs> uh, John Washington? Denzel Washington's son. He played college ball. He looked good on a football field. All right, sold. All right, here we go. <laughs> so we should let him know. We're casting it. Who's uh, gonna Who's gonna play Dan Snyder? What like super scummy actor? You know, they don't have to be scummy in real life. Just good at being a scumbag. There's a lot of scumbag. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of actors. good yeah, yeah actors at being a scumbag. <laughs> the guy who William plays William H Frank Macy. Gallagher. Oh yeah, he could totally. He's, <laughs> he's a, a good, good character actor, scumbag guy. Yeah, that could work. Cliff Kingsbury said 
Uh, Wait, no, let's keep casting this movie. I'm no. liking this. <laughs> Running back Chase Edmonds with an ankle injury won't return until the Rams game on December 13th. So that means he won't be there this week. A lot of people were maybe even counting on him coming back. Uh, for all those people rostering James Conner, it's just one more week of James Conner being an RB1. And uh, the fact that, that Edmonds has taken so long to get back and that Eno Benjamin, who is the, the backup or 1B right now currently on the Arizona Cardinals, has not done a lot of work fantasy productive-wise, uh, it stands to reason that uh, James Conner will still be an RB1 slash high-end RB2 even when uh, Chase Edmonds does come back. Now, do you think that part of Connor's um, production has come because, you know, they haven't had Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins. I don't. I've always loved uh, the guy. He's he's a fantastic running back. No, well, it has nothing to do with the hats, you know. But It but, might have something to do with the James Connor jersey up in your closet. Look, Connor has – I do have a jersey. <laughs> but the, the point is, he was really good when, he hel- when healthy and running he uh, behind a good offensive line. Absolutely. And so what and is he right now? Offensive line. He's healthy and running against the – yeah. Running and down. even when Edmonds was playing, he still got all the goal line <laughs> carries – uh, most of the short yardage work. So. I mean, remember he scored three touchdowns a few weeks ago? Remember when we th- were impressed by only three touchdowns? <laughs> but We're so spoiled now in fantasy land. you got to score five touchdowns. With, with Eckler and Fournette and Taylor all putting up four or more. Oh. Yeah, we have Joe Mixon scoring two touchdowns a game, and no one's For even talking about him. four weeks in a row. No one's talking about him. <laughs> I traded for Joe Mixon the morning that that tr- streak started. Uh, well, oh. he's a badass. Imagine a team if you have Every Joe- couple of years I have a trade that just... Mwah. Imagine a dynasty team where you have Mixon and McCaffrey and it's starting to go well. And it's starting to go well. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, with dynasty, I know that like you could wind up with like a WR5 as your best wide receiver. That's just how it works. Yep. Yeah. Dynasty is a whole other beast and it's a lot of fun. Truth. Uh, why don't you give us a break here? Take a drink, shall yeah. we? I like drinking. I'm going to take that sample now. I'll be playing it. Make sure you include the. I'll be playing it all special events that include your parents or like you getting married or having a baby. I'll be like, I like drinking. (laughs) (laughs) I've got it. It's in the cloud. Now, I won this Scotch Fair and Square. Sure, but the great part about that is that it's a podcast scotch. Like a, you know, a baby shot. That's not a baby shot. That's a big baby. That's fine. It's early still. Sorry. Alrighty then. Cheers. Cheers. And we have a good lineup of uh, of beers, and we have a, a good scotch on the podcast. Yeah, don't hide it. Well, Fittich. Glenn's Fittich. It's called a pop-up whiskey. Uh, we, we, have a, we have a couple segments here to feature. One of them is about key injuries and the fill-ins that, that happen because of those injuries. The other one that's very interesting is playoff picks with upside. Uh, those guys that, uh, well, Jason will get into that in a little bit. But I'm going to talk about the key injuries right now. Try to breeze over them as, as quickly as I can without involving Jimmy Johns and the New Orleans Saints or Drew. 
Um, Fair enough. Uh, Delvin Cook dislocated his shoulder in the third quarter of last week's game and was carted off. He was expected to miss at least the next two games now. Cook will not be helping any fantasy squads to reach the promised land. Alexander Madison will slot in as the new starter in Minnesota, and he's no stranger to fantasy rosters. He's already scored over 20 points uh, in relief of Cook twice this year in weeks three and five. That's in half PPR leagues. And Madison is owned in 67% of Flea Flicker leagues already. That's as of yesterday night. Uh, So it might be a little bit more now. He's not likely out there on the wire, but is clearly a grab if he happens to be available. The kinds of situations that you saved up all that FAAB for. It's 83% now. This is it. Mm -hmm. And so. um, Max bids. You know, we talked about this previously. Uh, If there is any reason for you to spend your money, this is the kind of reason. This is what you're waiting for. I put in a few max bids on him, but unfortunately I only had like $10 left in those leagues. Yeah, you need to be a team that has like uh, 50, 60 It was very cool. One of our leagues. What did it go for? uh, In one of our leagues. I think probably the only league where he was still available. Three people bid $40 on him. And that was tied for the most. I've never seen a three-way tie at the top like that. So it ended up going to the player with the, the worst record? Correct. Yeah. Who was that? Um, I think it was in our Drink 5 League, in fact. I'm just curious. It doesn't matter to anybody out there, but, you know, interesting stuff to me. It's all fun and games. and. But it is cool how you can have so FAB. That was, uh, the Baltimore Bros won it over Password is Taco, who is Sean. Uh, remember, guys, if you need to break into his account, his password is Taco. Uh. And uh, Raider Nation Rep, who is Tad, our, um, our confidence pool guy. Aaron Rodgers may or may not end up having toe surgery, which would immobilize the toe, uh, possibly causing issues if he intends to play through it after undergoing the surgery. I'm sure that there's some sort of holistic um, fix for him. Because of the possible downside of the operation, not going to bite on that one. Rodgers and company are hoping that it is not necessary and currently just managing the injury. Um, according to the latest directly from Rodgers, they're going to make a decision early next week because they have a bye this week. They, they have a little bit of time to think about it, right? So um, if he's going to have surgery, it'll probably be on like Sunday or Monday. Uh, and he's only going to have surgery, according to him, if he's still able to play after the surgery uh, in in that same week. Right, get a few, or, or at least take a, just a couple weeks off. I'm sure that he wants to be around for the playoffs. No, he doesn't want any time off. He doesn't want to miss any time? Correct. I mean, but he's been saying that it's been getting better every week, and so the concept is maybe there's some healing crystals to help him along. Can he play through the injury, or will it necessitate surgery? In which case, uh, that's not something that they want to do. Maybe he just needs a bottle of tequila. We know what will happen if Rodgers did have surgery and was forced to miss a game or two. Jordan Love will play. Right, which is horrible for everyone. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) except for Aaron Rodgers, really, because it just makes him look that much better. Well, speaking of tequila, you know, he he said that that's what happened when they when they drafted Jordan Love. Um, he he reached up to the liquor cabinet, grabbed that sip in tequila, and poured a couple fingers of that. Mm. Uh, because what else is there to do, really, when someone drafts a quarterback and you're one of the best quarterbacks in the league? You know, Aaron Rodgers just has never had a good time on draft day. But you know what? The rest of his life is probably pretty fucking sweet. So I don't really feel bad for him. You don't have to feel bad for him. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. Nobody's asking me to. I know. Um, so, yeah, Jordan Love brings down the value of the entire offense. This is one instance where there is no viable fill-in at all, uh, but at least we know the toe is immunized. Great. That's good to know. 
Well, I feel like you were asking me to bite on all these different fish, and I just am not interested in fish. The word immunized was not coming to my brain. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, Christian McCaffrey, so filled with talent, has been disappointing fantasy owners over the last two years due to injuries. Not because he can't do it, because he has been every time that he's been asked to uh, and been healthy. With McCaffrey now out for the season. <laughs> Asterix and been healthy. No, I mean... It, it's not like he hasn't been healthy. It's just that if you have an injury that is uh, intensive, let's say, uh, it's not likely that you can go back and be full strength. Um, it's really unfortunate that, that this happened uh, to this team this year because McCaffrey is the offense on this team. and Yeah, just like last year. I mean, he's only played 10 games in the last two Well, years. last year he only played like, Problem. He like only played three. two. Yeah, exactly. So last year doesn't really count, right? That's a throw out the tape. He played three games. He had six touchdowns. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This year he played seven. He only had two touchdowns. So uh, McCaffrey out for the season stands to reason that his backup, uh, Chuba Hubbard, should be able to slot right in for RB2 level production. But due to quarterback woes that they've had on that squad with now Cam Newton, for example, as the latest guy to come in and be like, uh, go ahead, take the reins. We're letting you run the operation. This is going to work out. doesn't work out. That did not work out. Some tough matchups that he has coming up. I'm not buying Chuba being the RB2 that people are looking at him. Uh, A lot of websites with waiver wire pickups saying he's the number one guy. I just don't think so. Not to mention the fact that their recent acquisition of Amir Abdullah, who I really like. Um, I remember talking about Amir Abdullah with Sean Foss, who's our college rookie expert, um, a long time ago, thinking that he would do better than he than he ended up doing in the NFL in his uh, appearances. He was on the Vikings. Uh, I think before that he was on Detroit, um, if I remember that correctly. And he's always been a very wily, um, you know, fast um uh, good running back, but never really been in the situations necessary for him to um, to keep a job for a long-term situation. And uh, after they acquired him, I believe in week nine or right after week nine, it resulted in his immediate usage in the passing game. 13 catches on 20 targets in the past five games. That could spell fantasy disaster for Hubbard. I have to back up my opinion on him. Uh, Hubbard was also catching passes in the majority of the fantasy-relevant games he had this season, but he won't be catching passes if Abdullah is there playing the passing back. Yeah. So I, I think there could be some sneaky value in Abdullah, but with the problems with Carolina in general right now, it's more likely that both of those guys are just going to be flex position plays and that all those people drafting, uh, not drafting, sorry, but uh, picking up those players from the wire or rostering them uh, in some way, and putting them in their starting lineup are making a big mistake. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Amir Abdullah, like as a start. Like he's never topped 100 yards in his career. Um, it doesn't matter. The point is, he takes it away from Chuba. Mm-hmm. They're going to bite into each other. And so, if one or the other um, was to have the spotlight, sure, they could they could do really well. But because Amir Abdullah is there now. Earlier in the season, when Chuba was filling in for Christian, there was no Amir Abdullah. Right. There was nobody else on that squad that could take that bite from the cookie. Yeah. But now there is. Very true. Well, Not it's good for uh, the Chuba owners. It's unfortunate because I, I think if you if you look, uh, you probably see a massive um, a massive 
positive appreciation in those uh, Chuba owners from yesterday to today. Oh, you think it's gone up a lot? Of course, of course. I mean, on, on all of the, the waiver wire articles from websites abound, uh, Chuba was in there. So Madison was the most added player, and Chuba is the fourth most added player. And we had the uh, third most added player earlier. So Excellent I wonder who number thing. two is. Maybe we'll come across them. Uh, Debo Samuel, with a groin injury, did not practice today. Will likely be held out for this week's matchup against the Seahawks on Sunday. With Samuel out, the 49ers will be spreading those touches around both George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk. I have Ayuk as a top 25 receiver this week. I also expect Kittle to bounce back after a two-target outing versus Minnesota last week. Um, ideally, I think Ayuk can perform in the top 15 range. Because there is no Debo Samuel and the 49ers offense is operating at a much higher RPM than it has earlier in the season, mm -hmm. they have Elijah Mitchell, who is actually the guy that uh, Shanahan uh, is grooming him to be. Yeah, he's been very good this year. He's getting a lot of work the last few weeks. Uh, I think that they should have little to no problem moving the ball and scoring points against Seattle. And I think you'll see Kittle and Ayuk have great games with Samuel out. I don't expect Samuel to be out for very long, but those players that uh, um, those teams that have Ayuk and Kittle should be happy that they can actually start them and and get some fantasy points because Kittle in particular uh, had a bad matchup last week. It didn't result in any fantasy points. Yeah, and I think a lot of that was due to the fact that they were running the ball so successfully. They were the only team, the 49ers were the only team last week that ran the ball for 200 yards and actually won the game. Yeah, lending a lot of uh, a lot of truth to those team managers that did pick up Elijah Mitchell earlier in the season and held on to him steadfastly for that long. I hope that Mitchell is able to carry those teams across the the championship finish line because it's it's something that has been wavering, right? Broken finger, Jeff Wilson, uh, a lot of uh, uh, like sharks in, in the, the broken water. Broken finger didn't seem to affect him that much, so that's no. good news. Uh, should be full go for Elijah this week as well. Yep. Uh, DeAndre Swift will be out for at least a couple weeks with the sprained shoulder AC joint injury that he suffered during last week's loss to the Bears on Thanksgiving. That will allow for the backup slash... When you talk about a Lions game, saying that it was a loss is just being redundant. Well, they almost won. I know. <laughs> it was the Bears after all. Um, <laughs> that will allow for the backup slash 1B running back Jamal Williams to get 15 to 20 touches per game while Swift is on hiatus. And Jamal Williams, of course, uh, hailing from uh, uh, Green Bay fame, uh, backing up originally Aaron Jones before A.J. Dillon stepped into that organization, has been fantastic when he is the guy on the org. Um, and earlier this year, when he first started, put up really nice numbers, but DeAndre Swift then came on and, and showed why uh, he was drafted so high for the Lions. But regardless of that, Swift is gone for a couple games. Williams is a complete back. So on that squad, they have a complete back backed up by a complete back. Now, Detroit might have their only shining beacon of goodness in their running game because they actually are doing it to a high level. Well, Hawkinson plays well also, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's about <laughs> a, they, they've got a top 10 tight end and they've got a decent running game. And, uh, and, and so, uh, Williams has demonstrated the ability to produce fantasy points even playing from behind in negative game scripts. 
going up against the Vikings' 30th ranked run defense. That's 134.4 yards per game in Week 13. So it looks really good. All the chips are lining up for Williams to have a top 15 performance in this game. His upcoming matchups also are not too bad with the Broncos, 106.6 yards per game, and Cardinals, 113.8 yards per game in Weeks 14 and 15, respectively. So I love Jamal Williams. When we talk about... Um, uh, guys picking up Madison, of course, that's a great move. And Chuba Hubbard uh, is, I think, a m- more of a uh, a medium move. It's not. It's not a great. Yeah, I one. would much rather have Madison. For of, well, of course, that's not even a conversation. <laughs> but I'm saying Jamal Williams is arguably uh, the number two, or could even be the number one over the next two weeks, depending on how these offenses execute their running offense. So I'm really looking forward to Jamal Williams. And I've even seen that he's still available in some leagues that are shallow. Uh, so it's not like he's, you know, uh, an unachievable um, kind Maybe of a player. Maybe he's the uh, number two. Third most added in the last three days. 78% owned in Flea Flicker leagues. Darren Waller avoided a major knee injury last Thursday, according to the Raiders interim head coach, Rich Bisaccia, but he is still not likely to suit up this weekend against Washington. With Darren Waller out, Foster Moreau, who had six receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown and three butts uh, last week, would start in (laughs) Waller's place. And it is likely that Moreau would be set to go full tilt in the offense. Again, their current offensive scheme and playbook certainly favors the tight end position. And Moreau is a great spot start for anyone with questionable tight end currently starting this week. Oh, that's me for sure. He's This guy's sitting over here setting his lineups. To the... Hey, he has a 10-point <laughs> game and a 15-point game. No, I, I'm saying... My guy. I'm saying you should. I, I appreciate you taking my advice over there, man. Yeah. So those are the guys that uh, that have been the, the, the most high... Uh, um, the biggest uh, waiver pickups this week. No, I was just talking about the injuries uh, that were like the most high caliber injuries, and those players, oh, I see what you mean. those players that will fill in for them. But it just so happens, Jason, that this may have been the year uh, out of the last five or six, certainly in the NFL, where the most amount of starting and highly drafted top eight running backs have been injured uh, in the most crucial part of the season. So when we look at the the draft board, and you have uh, you have guys that were drafted top eight running backs, they're all injured right now. Can can I name them for you? Sure, go ahead and name so them. So the top running backs were <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. He's out. Dalvin Cook. He's out. Alvin Kamara just spent a couple date games out. He should be back this week. Derrick Henry, pour one out for him. <laughs> That's right. Ezekiel Elliott. I did he miss any time this year? I know that he's been banged up. Uh, I don't know if he's actually missed any games. Yeah, he he's he's injured like they all are, but he hasn't he Can hasn't like gone out. That? He hasn't gone out with an injury or anything like that. Yep. Um, Aaron Jones, he spent some time out. Saquon Barkley spent some time out. Austin Eckler, the RB eight uh, in the draft class, has uh, played all the games. As has Jonathan Taylor, the RB nine. Uh, Nick Chubb, RB ten, spent some time off. Um, we could go on, but we don't need to. 
Yeah, so that that's all I have. But but suffice to say that the injuries that we've seen, most of them have been suffered by the top running backs. And so those people that put a lot of effort into that or perhaps drafted uh, back-to-back running backs in like the 10 spot or 9 spot in the league mm-hmm. are probably not doing very well. Yeah, that's – oh, man. Good point. So a, a lot of people would, would think that's the best Unless spot. Unless you took Eckler and Taylor. That, that's not a bad combo. That's a good combo. That's a good combo. That's an excellent combo you got there. Let's have a, another little drink. It's the Eckler and Taylor combo team. Yes. Oh, I should have gotten the new track from you before the show. There's always a new track. Okay, so we're going to look at some playoff picks, as in players that we like to help you make it to the playoffs. Obviously, all of your uh, regular starters are your regular starters. These are guys a little bit more on the border, um, you know, at the end of the running back list or the flex list or what have you. so we got two weeks left in the regular season. Hopefully your commissioner adjusted that accordingly because it would really suck for the playoffs to start next week while there's buys going on still. Um, if, if, if you were ever unsure about whether or not to extend it, that fact alone is the reason why you extend the playoffs from 15 to 17 now. I think in most, in most leagues, in most fantasy league sites, it's automatically done that by default. So um, in, on Flea Flicker, it was not. It was not default. You had to change it on existing leagues. I would imagine if you started a new league this year that you're correct. It would probably be default. But on a league that you rolled over from last year, it did. you had to change it on your own. Well, I certainly uh, Flea Flicker and, and MFL, my fantasy league leagues, are, are focused on Dynasty maybe a little bit more. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of those commissioners are very hands-on. I would, I would, so you're going to probably be okay. No, I just mean I think the site probably uh, does less automatically to you. True. Very true. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Okay, so what we do uh, here, we'll take a look at Dave's rankings, which you can go to our website, drink5.com, and view Dave's rankings. Dave is one of the experts that are used to compile the expert consensus ranking on fantasypros.com. That's the ECR that we'll refer to um, going forward. So, some of these players we like more than the crowd. Some of them uh, are ranked lower. And I'll do my best to justify why I think that they're a little bit better. Um, for the most part, the guys who are higher, I agree with Dave. Uh, guys who Dave has lower than the ECR, I just make an argument for these few players. Anyways. Well, they can't all be higher than the ECR. They can't. That's not how numbers work. <laughs> You're very right about that. You can only choose so many, Jason. Yes. Okay, so we'll start it off with Boston Scott. And this was all compiled Wednesday afternoon, so um, there's been practice news and injury news on some of these guys. As always, follow the practice news. If players don't play on Thursday and Friday, they will probably not play on Sunday. Okay, Boston Scott, the running back in Philadelphia. His rank is number 20, but his ECR is 27, so you have him seven spots ahead of the, you know, the expert public, if you will. So he's been in a committee in the Eagles' backfield, but... Even being in the committee, he's getting a decent amount of work. Since he was added to the rotation in week six, he's getting about 10 carries a week. He scored four touchdowns uh, during that time. Jordan Howard was inactive last week, although 
Um, his status this week is up in the air. Um, so keep an eye on that. If there are three guys playing, I, I would probably assume that his ranking uh, is going to take a hit. Um, yeah, he's currently practicing in a limited fashion. Uh, and Miles Sanders is doing better than people thought that he would necessarily. So uh, Boston Scott will certainly move down in my rankings a bit. And I think Boston Scott also had a, um, a an issue today where he didn't practice. Well, but <laughs> but regardless, it does look like Boston Scott and Miles Sanders are the two guys that they want to go to for that running game in Philadelphia. So here's what I what I like. Uh, and then Miles Sanders did tweak his ankle, missed some of the game last week, but did come back. Um, but what's really great about the Eagles this week is that they're playing the Jets. The Jets are giving up the most points to opposing running backs. Um, the second place team isn't even close. The Jets are giving up like 32 points a game, and the Seahawks at number two are giving up like 27.9, which is a huge gap. Um, so the Jets have given up double-digit points 18 times in 11 games this season. So that means that even if there are two, like a proper committee, the chance of getting double-digit points out of Boston Scott is pretty decent. So for a single-week spot start, I think you could do a lot worse than Boston Scott. Now, there's guys that are further down the list that we may uh, prefer over Boston Scott in the end, um, but if you are having bi-week problems, if you're having uh, issues with just injuries in general, Boston Scott for one week is a pretty good start. Um, I like also Ramondre Stevenson. Running back for New England, he is ranked 25. His ECR is 28, so that's a plus three on him. So this week, the Patriots will play the Bills on Monday Night Football. Bills have a good defense. However, they just got torched by Jonathan Taylor over 50 fantasy points. That was just a couple of weeks ago. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to repeat that. They're not. It's just not going to happen. But there is now some good tape out there on how to run on the Bills. If anyone can analyze the tape right, it's going to be Bill Belichick. I, I I should probably put a note on my ranking that just says, yes, Ramondre Stevenson, I, I like a little bit more than the norm. However, I wouldn't play any New England Patriots running backs. <laughs> just in general. Good luck. Just in general. Like, I'm required <laughs> to rank them because they are players in the NFL, but I would never want to start them. Like, uh, you know, I, I play dice games sometimes. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but I agree with your um, uh, what you're saying here. So, Stevenson has led the Patriots in backfield carries um, for two of the last three weeks, and I think he's a decent flex play. The Bills are better at defending the pass than they are at the run, and I think that the Patriots are going to lean on the run game rather than leaning on their rookie quarterback to try and defeat the defense of the Bills. So, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily scared off by how good the Bills' defense are is in this situation. And I think you're... Your, your main comment is, but then again, they're a Patriots running back. That's, Handle with extreme care. Yeah, that's the that's the problem. All right. Uh, Rex Burkhead, running back in Houston, ranked 30, ECR 33. So, Burkhead's been leading the way in the backfield there for the last two weeks. Has not translated to a lot of fantasy points, but he's got 33 touches. And the one thing we always like to see from running backs um, is the potential to score points. In order to have... The potential to score points, you need to touch the ball a lot. So 33 touches in two games, not too bad for a guy that is almost certainly available in your league. Now, this is a touchdown-dependent dart throw this week. They're playing the Colts. Um, 
definitely of the running backs that I'm going to bring up, he's probably the last one that I would want to start. Yeah, he's a he's a desperation start, but it's great that you bring up the point that he has 33 touches over that time. Obviously, they want to use him. It's just that you know they're Houston, and th- <laughs> the odds are, if you're playing that dice game, that it's never going to come up 7-11. You know? Yeah, you can't. You can't. It's Houston. They can't even beat the Jets. <laughs> But but if you have no one else, like you're talking about a throw in flex, like Burkhead, you could do worse. Proper dart throw, yeah. and I'm talking like blindfolded dart throw. Okay, uh, Jamal Williams, running back in Detroit, uh, his rank was 27 earlier today. I believe that that is going to be adjusted with the news on Swift, um, but his ECR was 23. I like Jamal Williams as you do. You talked about him earlier. We don't have to uh, rehash it too much. Um, but I just want to point out the touches again. The usage is very good. Last week he saw 20 touches. In week one, when Swift was limited, he had 17 touches. Eight receptions in that game. This is the first game of the year where Williams is going to have the backfield all to himself, and the Vikings are giving up the ninth most points to opposing running backs. They just got dominated on the ground by the 49ers. I like Jamal Williams here. Yeah, like I said earlier, he he also shows well in negative game scripts. He's always been good in uh, situations like that with Green Bay. What a great um, like buzzword phrase there! It's true. Shows well in negative game scripts. He does. I'm I'm compl- I'm giving you a backhanded compliment. <laughs> uh, so I think we both agree. And and yes, to your point, uh, later tonight when I revise these rankings, I will probably end up flipping like a Boston Scott and Jamal Williams, putting Jamal Williams up closer to the top twenty. And I I love the guy. You know, I think I'm only starting him in one league out of like the seven or eight that I currently have active. However, uh, I think that Williams should be an RB2 this week with the possibility of finishing as an RB1 as an upside play. That's a lot of upside. It's certainly in a PPR league. I could see him, uh, you know, vying for that. If it's a negative game script, he can get a lot of receptions. You know, we, we all think that Detroit sucks because they do. But that, I just know that they suck. But that doesn't matter much if they can uh, run the ball and pass the ball in the backfield to this particular player. We only care about him. We only care about fantasy points. And we don't care production. about real points. Yeah. I mean, to a certain extent, we care about real points because touchdowns are pretty important <laughs> in fantasy football. But even if he doesn't score a touchdown, if Jamal Williams has 100 yards and seven passes, he's done exactly what you want him to. It's true. <laughs> All right. So the return of Matt Breda. He is ranked 33. His ECR is 30. Um, so he's only been used for the last three games, but he scored in two of them. He's averaging 12 points per game during that span. What I like here is that he has 1.57 points per touch in those three games. He's being very efficient. He's not getting the ball a lot, but he's doing a lot with it when he gets it. I could definitely see his touches per game get bumped up to that 12 to 15 range. So this week they play the Patriots. Here's my wild theory on that Patriots like to shut down the best offensive weapons that a team has Matt Breda is not that by any stretch of the imagination they've got Diggs, they've got Knox you know they need to shut down Josh Allen they've got a lot on their plate Matt Breda could be the one who breaks through and gets a lot of production because the Patriots are so focused on all the other players they're not able to put their best players on Breda to defend him so I think that this could be a sneaky good matchup for Matt Breda I would probably start him over a guy like Boston Scott. Do you like Matt Breda at all? Any thoughts on him? Um, sure. So Matt Breda is a Buffalo Bill. Correct. And 
Zach Moss uh, was a, a healthy scratch last week. Right. And traditionally, at least so far this year, the job has been between um, Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. That is the truth. Oh, I'm just speaking the truth. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, um, last week, uh, on Thursday, Breda scored a, uh, a 23-yard touchdown on his final touch of the game. If yep. he if he had not done that, he would have scored four point two points in PPR. <laughs> Look, he's he's not getting the ball very much. So the reason why I don't have him ranked very high is because his floor is like six points. It's true, five six points. Yeah, and and so um, we're assuming that uh, a Buffalo Bills running back is going to do well uh, with some amount of consistency. Uh, and and b- before we've tried that with Zach Moss, we've tried it with Devin Singletary, and now we're trying it with Matt Breda, and and each time we're disappointed a little bit. It's got to work eventually, right? It doesn't. I <laughs> I think the 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 running game is it more doesn't. of a carousel to uh, Josh Allen, who really wants to run the ball himself and pass it to wide receivers. So uh, I love it as a as a dart throw, like like you you sort of allu- are alluding to. Um, he certainly has the ability to score the touchdown, but it's going to be dependent on that. Okay. Um, so, C.D. Lamb, uh, who you're probably already starting, but i just like to bring up the fact that he's back in the lineup. You've got him ranked three above the ECR. you got him as the WR7 on the week, which is making total sense because he's going to see a ton of volume. Yeah. Um, he missed the Thanksgiving game last week. They play on Thursday night again, and it's a normal rest Thursday night, which you only ever see – uh, for that opening game of the season and this single game that they play after Thanksgiving where they take two Thanksgiving teams and they play them again the following Thursday so they get a normal week of rest. Um, it looks like they will be missing... Well, for sure they're going to be missing Cedric Wilson. Possible they're missing Amari Cooper as well. We'll keep an eye on that. But Lamo is going to be in line for a ton of volume. The Saints are giving up the fifth most points to opposing wide receivers. You know, fire up CeeDee Lamb in all formats. He's a very solid WR1. Yeah, my only question really is, when CeeDee Lamb scores 20 points, uh, are they going to give him a turkey lamb in the lo- a turkey leg in the locker room? No, it'll be a leg of lamb. Uh. <laughs> you walked right into that one. It's a, it's a crown roast. <laughs> uh. No, I just mean because he missed Thanksgiving, but yeah, yes, yes. Leg, uh, leg of lamb. Uh. Does that make him a cannibal? Oh, good question. <laughs> There's a lot of weird questions that, that, that are involved in this. We'll have to ask Army Hammer. So uh, I'm glad you agree. I think CeeDee Lamb's going to have a great game. And Dak Prescott actually looks like uh, he's coming back into his own. As we often talk about with NFL games and the NFL season being only 17 games long. Um, or I only, guess 18. It, well, it's 18 weeks, 17 yeah. games. Uh, it's, it's so much uh, unlike the MLB with 162 or, right. or like an NBA season at 82 games yeah. because it's impossible for teams to go up and down as much as they do in the other leagues. So when we talk about Dallas not doing well, if they come up and they start doing well now, well, they're probably not going to trend back down. Like there's not enough, there's time. Not enough time to trend back down. <laughs> that's funny. So like Seahawks are trending down right now. That's, that's not good for them. It's just, it's not, the timing isn't right. Right. Is it a trend if they've just been bad the whole time? <laughs> I, I like talking about that. Like 49ers, for example, trending up. The Dolphins are trending up. They keep winning. They keep playing terrible teams. They get the Giants this week. 
Dolphins are going to be on like a six-game winning streak. Dolphins have a good schedule, yeah. Yeah. And the Eagles <laughs> and the Jets play. Someone has to win that game. I guess someone doesn't have to win that game. They could tie the game. They could tie the game. No one should watch that game. Just like the Lions and the Steelers. So, Hunter Renfro? Hunter Renfro. So, I like what I see out of Hunter Renfro. Um, his rank is 31. His ECR is 25. That's a six-spot discrepancy there. Since the Raiders' bye in Week 8, Renfro has led the team in receptions or yardage in three of the four games that he's played. He's averaging 6.5 receptions over that time span. He has 12.9 points per game during that time. It's a four-game span that we're talking about here. Um, the last four games. So his matchup this week is against the Washington football teams, or football's team. I'm not sure how that should be pluralized. Um, it's so just team. they give up the fourth most points <laughs> to opposing wide receivers. The Raiders are 6-0 and when Derek Carr throws for at least 300 yards. I expect them to air the ball out as much as reasonable as much as is reasonable for the rest of the season. Um, or we can just trust the coin because the coin has already uh, stated that they will be beating Washington this week, which means that Derek Carr will throw over 300 yards, which means that Hunter Renfro will have a good game. So uh, I think he's an easy WR3, um, even better than just a flex option. Uh, you know, Let's go Hunter Renfro, getting lots of targets. It's ridiculous that you keep bringing up this coin thing like it has any bearing on reality. It is reality, Dave. You have to get it is the, the precious. You have to step away from You're going to have to cast it into the fucking fiery pit of Mordor to defeat the 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 ring, the coin. You're just repeating comments in a thread. I mean, I don't know if the Mordor thing was in a thread. <laughs> You've read it. Look, this is <laughs> Did you get that? It's a stupid yes. Okay. It's a stupid meme on Reddit. A guy <laughs> at the beginning of the season flipped a coin. <laughs> And predicted all of the Raiders games, and it was it's been right in every single game so far. Very cool. And it got real popular on Reddit last week, and they still they won. Like usually, when these things get popular, that's the sign that it's going to be flat and not work. But they won. They were the they pro- predicted that they would the win problem on Thanksgiving. Is, the problem the problem is when you get into sports gambling, you start believing in these kinds of things. It only people for, for fun. I totally bet on it, and I totally won. Only people on the outside of these things realizes that they have no value in the I'm world. I'm sure that I sound like a crazy <laughs> person right now. Absolutely, but it said that the Raiders are going to finish ten and seven. That they're going to beat. I mean, when you looked at it, it's like, oh, this doesn't make any sense. They're going to lose to the bad teams and beat some of the good teams. That doesn't make any. Sense. But that's what's been happening with the Raiders this year. All right. All right. All right. So they're going to beat Washington this week. I don't know. What's... And you're going to have to listen to me talk about the coin for at least one more week. I don't know what's going to happen with the coin, but the the only thing I know is that it is not reality. And then you know what? The coin predicts a loss the week after that. It doesn't exist. <laughs> so I think the coin's going to be right for at least two more weeks. Okay. Well. <laughs> Kendrick Bourne, wide receiver in New England, rank 38, ECR 34. Uh, that's a four-spot discrepancy there. Uh, I think I see a little more value than Dave does here. That's all. Uh, I think that he's a big boomer bus player. He's boomed in two of the last three weeks. He scored over 20 points in weeks 10 and 12. What's cool about Bourne is that he gets a consistent amount of targets. He's four to six every single game. You know, that's a, that's a decent floor of targets. And he gets an occasional handoff. So it doesn't necessarily provide him with a higher floor there. there but, you know, touches are touches. As we said earlier, that's something that we like to see uh, for fantasy players because that's how they score their points. So there are no dominant receiving options on the Patriots. It's not like Bourne is going to go through weeks where he's crowded out where someone is just getting all the targets. 
I think he has a chance to go off every game. So treat him as a very high risk, but very high reward kind of flex play uh, in more of a standard or half PPR league. You know, there's probably better, you know, high reward players in a full PPR. You know, the guys who get peppered with a lot of catches, but not a lot of yards. Bourne is the opposite. That's fair. I just don't believe in the longevity of this particular player. And I don't believe that uh, um, that the the boom and bust that he offers is worth the risk. Uh, I, I really enjoy watching New England right now, but they're so unpredictable to me as to what they're going to do. Yeah, I have no idea what's going to happen in this game, and nobody does. And if they say that they do, they are lying. So a boomer bust player that I like more than Kendrick Bourne is Van Jefferson. His rank is 33. His ECR is 31. He's emerged as the number two option on the Rams. I think that's pretty safe to say. But he is a distant second behind Cooper Cup. So Jefferson seems to only excel fantasy-wise when he scores a touchdown. However, the opportunities are definitely there. The Rams are throwing the ball 37 times per game. Jefferson is averaging 7.7 targets per game over the last three games, you know, since Robert Woods has totally been out of the picture. So... Jefferson is a proper downfield threat, even though Odell Beckham Jr. is there. Is it? Did we have we dropped the junior now? Because I feel like I don't ever hear it mentioned on TV anymore. Uh, I think people write it down in their articles. They just don't ever say it on TV. Is it because his father like got him in trouble with the Browns and got him kicked off the team? Um, it's because his father doesn't score fantasy points. Why? Why do fathers <laughs> of Browns players like to call out Baker Mayfield? It's because Kareem Hunt Senior was doing that as well. It's because the Browns are a horrible football franchise. The Browns are like the seventh worst football franchise. There is some bad franchises out there: <laughs> the Bears, the Lions, the Giants, the Jaguars. Hey, the New York Football Giants have years of great, great storied history. Yeah, so do the Bears, but neither of them are any good this year. Yeah, yeah. The Jets. So I could keep going. To your point, Van Jefferson, 98% of the, the Rams Falcons. snaps last week uh, when they kept trying to come back against the Packers. Yeah. And, uh, and he saw nine targets, which was fantastic. Yeah, he's getting a lot of targets lately. The Jaguars are giving up the 11th most points to opposing wide receivers. It's a plus matchup. I think the Rams are going to be out for blood after getting beaten up by the Packers last week. So look out, Jaguars. Yeah. You're going to get rammed by the Rams. Ooh. So I, I agree. I, I think that Van Jefferson, you're just talking about boomer bust cats, you know. So the Bourne and uh, and and Jefferson are arguably kind of boomer bust players. Um, but they have seen a lot of targets. Sure. He's a boomer bust player, but I would definitely go with Van Jefferson over Kendrick Bourne because he's getting more targets. Yeah. The, the, the only His issue. His floor is a bit higher. The issue with the Rams players might be the fact that Stafford has like six injuries, like literally six parts of his body are, are having a problem. What quarterback isn't in that state? At the no, moment? but I mean, they. Ben lit- Roethlisberger's shoulder is probably falling off. <laughs> You know, Aaron Rodgers' toe right. is falling off. Like I'm, I'm just saying, Kyler Murray can't even play football right now. <laughs> there aren't any healthy players at the moment. Murray, it's week 13. Murray is healthy again, is what the last stuff I've heard. He's healthy enough. Oh my god, to return to football to get his ass kicked again. Not, a, I don't mean like get in a bad kicked. way. Look, oh, this guy. Even people who win at football get their ass kicked. They just do it in a graceful way. I think the Cardinals would be just fine. I'm sure they will. They're doing very good this year. Well, let's let's 
breeze into the Jay cut list uh, to finish up the show, and I appreciate your segment. I thought it was terrific, and uh, a lot of those players. Well, are, you thought of it, so you should. A lot of those players are guys, <laughs> guys that you you need to start in order to win your playoff uh, uh, matchups. I, I, I okay. Look, I hope that you're not starting more than one of these players on your team. Because if you're starting more than one of these players on your team, that's a red flag that you have a bad team. I don't know. A lot of this teams... is like the last player on your team, other than like CeeDee Lamb or a Jamal Williams. These are the last players that you're going to start on your team. Okay. Well, it's 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 good advice. Um, quarterbacks that we want to drop, uh, that we want to cut from our squads. We have Cam Newton at 52%. When Newton came on and scored touchdowns immediately and everyone got really excited, that's fun and that's great for everyone. But he showed his true colors this particular week uh, in that he is a... He likes to scream a lot. He's a below average but serviceable quarterback that will take all of the carries away from your good running back. He he got benched by the Panthers. (laughs) You know... Decided that Sam Darnold was what they wanted to well, get. Well, they're going to gonna start him again, so woe is, is the Is Panthers. he going to start this week? Of course. Who else is going to start? P.J. What's-his-face? P.J. Walker from the XFL? No. Okay. Hey, Tyler Heineke's from the XFL. And both of them are not that great. In fact, Tyler Heineke... Or is it Taylor? Because all night long on Monday night, they were saying Taylor and Tyler. Taylor Heineke is the next guy on my list. No, I believe it's Tyler, isn't it? To cut. Uh, 43%. <laughs> And, and Taylor Heineke has, has done really well um, with some short Taylor, with, an a. with some short plays to the pylon. And every time that I see him on TV, they go back to his plays that he's uh, you know reached across the corner of the pylon and had rushes on. Yeah. And that's great. It's wonderful. But he hasn't been doing it. Uh, didn't do it last week. He did uh, it like twice ever. <laughs> and like once in college. I like the fact that Washington has won some games that maybe they shouldn't have. Sure. But I don't think that Heineke is a long-term investment in the NFL. He's just a guy that uh, has found a streak and a team that's working for him right now. This happens a lot in the NFL. I totally agree with you. In a single quarterback league, you should not be starting Taylor Heineke. Your team is bad if you're doing that. And Ryan Tannehill is the third guy we've mentioned several times on this podcast. Uh, 85% owned, but still is not putting up good numbers. Now, A.J. Brown is on IR, and Julio Jones is injured. Uh, They have no tight end, and their running back is gone for the season. So what are you starting him for? For his rushing ability? He's a downward trend for you, Dave. Because it's not working. 18, 13, 9 points. (laughs) No, there's no Tannehills that I want to see on any starting lineups of teams that expect to do well. What about John Tannehill? Are you okay with John Tannehill? I am not. David Tannehill? Uh, yeah, I mean, let's go for it. <laughs> His brother David, the older, uh, now he's a... Uh, he's a wide receiver. Now he works at uh, NFL uh, Network. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, Target. <laughs> no. Uh, running back Christian McCaffrey, 91% owned still. Not sure why. Uh, he's not going to come back. I So, I, I've always wondered why, like, at the end of the season, <laughs> players like Ryan Tannehill are on 85% of the leagues. I just assume that, like... Still, half the fantasy leagues in existence, nobody pays attention to after eight, nine weeks. No, so that's an interesting podcast to have in general is when you're talking about stats or if you're talking about websites or you're talking about stats on websites, um, how many of those things are 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 really not that important or deprecated statistics because they're based on people that don't exist or, or aren't paying attention. But, but I think what we see is we talk about Flea Flicker. 
um, a lot of those are dynasty leagues, yeah. and so people aren't going to get rid of them, or uh, they are people uh, that can put them on IR that could be keeper leagues. Sure. They're not going to get rid of them. They could yeah. keep them back the next year. But in all honesty, you're right. If someone has Christian McCaffrey on their team and they're already losing and they're three and well, eight, you know what? Christian McCaffrey would actually be a good measuring stick for that because in redraft leagues he will certainly be dropped, but he'll be kept in all other leagues. He's the fifth most cut player in the last three days at eighty nine percent now. So assuming it doesn't drop below eighty five percent, that must mean that there's a very large amount of dynasty leagues on Flea Flicker. Well, I think we already know that information. Yeah. Um, and I think those those websites could tell us too, but I don't think they've ever told us. They, I mean, yeah. Like how what percentage of uh, of redrafts, etc. Because if we actually found out, we would find out that the majority of the leagues that are being hosted are dumb garbage leagues that nobody actually plays. <laughs> Full, filled with people that don't actually make moves, and you know. Yes, Derrick Henry still owned in ninety one percent of leagues. Right. So, uh, Darrell uh, Williams, 67%. Um, now, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is coming back, or already was back, uh, this previous week. Mm-hmm. But Williams is a guy that you shouldn't necessarily drop if you have a uh, a league that's not shallow, because right. he is the direct backup. We call them deep leagues. Okay. <laughs> um, but, but I do think that uh, in most leagues he should be dropped, Unless you have a huge bench, because at this point he's only going to put up three, four, or five points for you per game. Yeah, he's basically a handcuff. Now we're talking about Buffalo Bills running backs. We have Zach Moss and De- Devin Singletary, both of which we should probably cut. This is because uh, Matt Breda is the future. It is not. <laughs> it's because Matt Breda will be on this list in two weeks. Um, because well, he's, if he doesn't score a touchdown this week, you're putting him on, on the list next week. He's going to do the same thing. I know it. Like the Bills running back rotunda is just not very fun. He's going to score this week because the Patriots have so much to worry about, they're going to forget about him. And Latavius Murray, who used to be the guy, the number one guy in the backfield for the Ravens, uh, now is Devonta Freeman. And Devonta Freeman is the clear-cut number one back. Even he doesn't get that many touches per game. So the concept is only room for one guy. That one guy is Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yes, the second guy is Devonta Freeman, and he occasionally scores a touchdown. Yeah. Nobody else needs to be rostered on that team at all. That includes the wide receivers at this point, because who the fuck knows who's who's going to get passes. Marquise Brown has been getting good passes. Yeah. I think Marquise Brown is still up there. Sort of. And I like Ramondre Stevenson. Um, Patriots. I'm sorry. I like Rashad Bateman. Bateman is up and coming. Then he's an up and coming guy. But what I'm saying is the Ravens are more just of a, a fantasy outlook. They are a dynasty outlook. They're another very unpredictable squad. Oh, very much so. Yeah. I mean, they've only scored 16 points each of the last two weeks. It's not good. Wide receiver Cortland Sutton uh, with Jerry Judy uh, coming back into that offense. Sutton has now taken a back seat. He's also signed an expensive contract. And you know what that means? If you have uh, a guy that's not number one and has a lot of money, he's not going to try as hard. Interesting. Sorry, friends. He's not. <laughs> he's got he's got shit to do, uh, you know, and... and uh, he's got money to spend. Yeah. So he's going to go play Nintendo Switch and not care about your he's fantasy team. smoke all the legal weed he can because he lives in Colorado. Emmanuel Sanders has uh, scored low points for the last three or four weeks. He was really good early on in the season, but the Bills have uh, sort of switched 
uh, Jets. They've decided that they have Stefan Diggs on their team. Yeah, there's some and guy he's named pretty good. Some guy named Diggs. Yeah, he's pretty <laughs> good. So he's doing all the work now, as they thought he would do all along. Tyler Boyd uh, on the Bengals. Most of that work is going to uh, Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase and a little bit to T. Higgins. Yep. And Tyler Boyd is no longer the necessary possession receiver that he was when all of this just got started. And it's not because he's a bad receiver. It's because there's because Joe Mixon is playing out of his mind. There's just not enough to, to go around. That's all. Uh, Kadarius Tony is injured too much and in a weird situation where we don't know what's going to happen in a roller coaster uh, sort of offense and offensive scheme and organization in general. Yeah. So there's no reason to play him this year for the rest of it. Uh, I think in Dynasty, he's a good asset. I think in Redraft, you should dump him immediately and pick up someone with more consistency. Uh Corey Davis. I think everyone has more. I mean, what's more consistent than not scoring points because he's out? Well, I mean, <laughs> scores like 15 and then two and then out. Yeah. Like, it's horrible. Yeah, no good. Corey Davis has uh, been injured a little bit as well and is not supposed to start this game, I don't think. Um, he's another guy who has scored 15 points, 16 points, uh, and then back to a two-floor, very and Elijah Moore has really, um, you know, broken out there as the number one target. Yeah, and the problem is uh, quarterback uh, inconsistency, organizational inconsistency, uh, offensive uh, scheme inconsistency. Being a jet in general. Corey Davis is a good receiver. He's already shown that, but uh, it's too hard to put him in your lineup knowing that he could score anywhere between 2 and 16 points. Uh, tight ends, we have Tyler Higby at 80%. He has simply not been doing very well. Uh, he's gotten targets, but he has averaged something like 30 yards per game, which puts him at a streaming level tight end. That means if he scores a touchdown, he's still not getting 10 points. <laughs> not what you want to see. So if you still have Higby in your lineups, you might as well just flip a coin on one of the guys that are available. Uh, Hunt- You're right about that. I was offered Rob Gronkowski in a dynasty league. I'm like, I'm not trading for Rob Gronkowski. It's Dynasty. And he's like, he's still better than Higby. <laughs> and I didn't admit it, but he had a point. Uh, yeah, Hig- Higby, Higby's not a drop in a Dynasty because of his age. But right. but Gronkowski is better than Higby. Yeah. For now, this year. You're right. But I'm not giving up a second-round pick for him. Hunter Henry and Dalton Schultz have both dropped off after doing well earlier in the season. Doesn't mean that they won't come back. However, right now is all that really matters, and right now they're not doing well for you. Right. If you can make it to the playoffs without a tight end, then you have a great team already. But <laughs> if you need a good tight end, you need to be streaming guys every week unless you have, like, one of the top five guys. True. So uh, so that's the cut list. A lot of guys this week, and that's important, uh, because a lot of people, when they move into the last weeks of the regular season, the first weeks of the playoffs, they carry with them a lot of dead weight. Mm-hmm. That dead weight is not important to your team. Not only is it not important, but it hurts you. Yeah. You should only carry guys that have high upside. You should no longer carry handcuffs. You should only carry those guys that will help you win the championship. Otherwise, you're going to be a team that, that goes out of the playoffs in week one or two of the playoffs with a whole bunch of handcuffs on your squad. And you're going to ask yourself, <laughs> why the hell are all these people on my team? Yeah. What's the point of this? Yeah, I agree with you. So go for broke, man. That's that's the point. Yep. So thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we'll be back next Wednesday on the 8th to uh, prep you for the last 
week of the regular season of fantasy football. If you have any lineup questions, make sure you get them to us. You can uh, hit us up on Twitter at Drink5. You can talk to us live in the chat room. Make sure that you follow us, uh, subscribe to our channel on YouTube to help us out there. And uh, you can just email us, jason at drink5.com, dave at drink5.com. Apparently this week, no one anywhere had a single fantasy question. So we're good there. Everyone's good. You've all got your lineup set. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thanks, all. We'll see you next Thanks. week. Yeah. Cheers. I.